Good morning. My name is Pastor Josh Hernandez. I'm from the Youth Ablaze Ministry under the New Gen, New Gen Ministry of Lighthouse Christian Community Alabang. And I want to welcome you. I want to welcome every one of you to our online Sunday service. Welcome to all of you who are joining us today from our Lighthouse family here in Alabang. And for those of you who are joining us from our different regions. And of course, to our CityGate family. And of course, for those of you that is tuning with us for the very first time, again, welcome to our Lighthouse Online Sunday service. Today is October 31, and it's Lighthouse Youth Sunday. It's always a privilege and a humbling experience that our pastor, senior pastor, Pastor Jojo Baldo, would actually assign a specific Sunday for the youth. It just shows that our church values the next generation that will be a frontliners in sharing Jesus and making disciples. So before I share the word of the Lord today, I just want to appreciate all of our Youth Ablaze ministry volunteers who led us into a very, very powerful worship a while ago, namely Amar Rojo, Nathan Improgo, Redmond Ville, and Kaisa Ortiz. I also want to do a special shout out to Pastor Rio, Chef Ren, and Doxa for all of your support to make our worship experience awesome. And of course, I also want to appreciate uh, Flinky Briones, which is one of the YPC, the Youth Pastor Circle. It's a core group of the Youth of Blaze Ministry who led us a while ago in a very powerful prayer. And another YPC in the name of Elisha Bakai, who exhorted and prayed for the offering. And of course, I want to honor my wife, the love of my life. Her name is May Hernandez for being my constant support ministry partner and the one who always prays for me before, during, and after I do ministry. And of course, I also would like to take this opportunity to inform every one of you about the Youth Ablaze ministry. So if you have teenagers between 13 to 21 years old, we would like to invite them to our hashtag hoist every Saturday. Hashtag hoist means Hatrak Online Youth Service. We have different online services every other Saturdays and as well as Zoom breakout sessions and discipleship groups. And also if you would just look into your screen right now, you will know more about us through our different social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To all the parents, we want you to know that we want to partner with you in discipling your children and your teenagers, especially during this time of pandemic where it's so easy for a teenager to isolate themselves from community. We are here to be their friend and, of course, their support. So before I proceed to the sharing of the word today, I would just want to invite you to just close your eyes and bow down your heads and let us pray. Lord, 
thank you for today. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you, Lord God, that we are able to see our loved ones. Thank you that we are able to see the very world that you have created for us. Lord, there is a reason why we are here. And Lord, where we are right now, standing or sitting in front of the televisions, in front of our computers, or in front of our phones while we're tuning in in this Sunday online service. God, we believe that you are there where we are exactly right now. So Lord, speak to us. We open our ears. We open our hearts. Lord, we want to receive something new from you today. And Lord, I pray, Lord God, that would you hide me behind your cross, that every word that will be coming out from my mouth will not come from me, but it will actually come from you. And I as I stand here today, Lord, I pray that the people will not actually see me, but they would actually see your goodness and your faithfulness over our life. So Lord, be with us. We are excited. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The God of rebuilding. For the benefit of our first-timers and for those of you who just join us, Recently, we are in the middle of the series about the God of the Bible. And we go through the different books of the Bible and learn about the different attributes and qualities of God. And so today, we are now at the book of Zechariah and I will share to you about the God of rebuilding. So the key word here is this, rebuilding. So in Hebrew, of course, the root word of rebuilding is build. It means bana. It means to build, to rebuild, to establish, or cause to continue. That was, that, 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 that's the definition of what rebuilding is, right? And of course, the modern day translation of rebuilding is to restore to a previous state, to rebuild again, which has been demolished, and to construct a new. And it's just so timely that we are able to just talk about this attribute of God, about rebuilding. Because again, we are experiencing the pandemic, especially to the young people. For some reason, they become broken. Of course, not literally, but figuratively because of the pandemic, because they lack community. They lack what they were used to be before when they actually can go out and be with people and actually talk with people and interact, you know, with other people. And of course, that is not just for the young people. It actually applies to every one of us. So at, at some point in our life, we have experienced brokenness, right? And that's the reason why we want to rebuild. There's this longing in us that after experiencing a season of brokenness, we also desire for a rebuild or to experience rebuild. So I want to start with this statement. The desire and effort shown in rebuilding significantly 
reveal its value. I want to repeat that again. The desire and effort shown in rebuilding significantly reveal its value. Are you following? Because why would you even build or rebuild something in the first place if you don't actually know or understand or appreciate its value? It will always start with the desire on what is needed to be rebuilt and the efforts we put into it will always follow after that. So it means the greater the desire and effort that we exert means the greater the value of what is being rebuilt. So if there are so many things that is broken in your life or what are the different aspects in your life that is so broken right now, do you actually have the desire and do you actually exert effort in rebuilding that? So today, a lot of us has experienced brokenness. So let the Word of God minister to us today through the book of Zechariah. So the book of Zechariah, just to give you, you know, a, a simple background about it, it is actually the second to the last book of the Old Testament. And it is it's composed of 14 chapters. And the book mainly composes or talks about the story of God's people who just returned from exile and the different visions and dreams of Zechariah that came from God and the command of God to continue the rebuild. Of course, the author of Zechariah is a prophet named Zechariah. The meaning of his name is this. The Lord, remember, the Lord does not forget, but he remembers his promises to his people. And Zechariah is also considered as one of the minor prophets, and he is a member of a prominent priestly family who just returned from Babylon. And he began his ministry in 520 B.C., together with another prophet named Haggai. Now, talking about the 14 chapters of the book of Zechariah, if you just look at your screens right now, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6, talks about Zechariah's challenge to the people of God. It was actually the word of God or the challenge of God through prophet Zechariah to challenge the people, because for some reason, God's people during this time was so away from Him, right? And then Zechariah chapter 1 verse 7 to chapter 6 talks about the different dreams and visions of Zechariah. Just to name a few, it's the men among the myrtle trees and the four horns and the four horse uh, craftsmen and then a man with a measuring line. So God communicates also in our dreams and the purpose of that is to give meaning of what is actually happy, happening at the present and somehow a glimpse of the things that are about to happen in the future. And Zechariah chapter 7 to 8 talks about the justice and mercy and the Lord's promises to Jerusalem. Actually, I'm going to talk more about chapter 8. And of course, chapters 
uh, 9 to 14 talks about a combination of, again, uh, different poems and visions of Prophet Zechariah. So let's start by reading Zechariah chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. So if you just open your Bible right now and open it to the book of Zechariah, and we'll be reading right at this time, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. I'll be reading from the NIV version. It says here, In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah, the son of Edo. And listen to this. Verse 2, it says, The Lord was very angry with your ancestors. I want you to remember that word, ancestors. And therefore, tell the people this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and what I will return to you says the Lord Almighty. And do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets proclaimed. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. But they would not listen to me or pay any attention to me, declares the Lord. And here's the question that the Lord is telling them. Where are your ancestors now? And the prophets, do they actually live forever? But they did not my, but did not my words and my decrees, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, overtake your ancestors? And then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. God has reminded His people about the consequences of the actions of their ancestors that led them to exile and the destruction of Judah, which can actually also happen to them if they will not change their way, if they will not turn from their evil ways and return to God. And at the same time, during at this moment, the foundation of the temple has already been built, but not yet finished. It's time to actually rebuild again. So in order for us to understand more about what is needed to be rebuilt, we have to go back in history or a few books from the Bible for us to understand what was actually happened, what did actually happen. Ano ba yung nasira? Ano ba yung nangyari sa exile? What did the ancestors did before that caused all of this? So I just prepared, you know, a very brief timeline that you could just look into your screen right now. And I divided it into three parts. The exile, the return, and of course, the call to Rebuild. So in the exile, you could read Jeremiah 25 verses 1 to 4. It talks about the 70 years in captivity. If you would actually read this verse in the Bible, God is talking to His people through prophet Jeremiah that for 23 years, He has been commanding, He has been telling His people to obey Him and for them to turn from their wicked ways but they do not actually listen to God. And because of that, God's 
anger was aroused. The reason why these people of Judah went into exile is because it was a consequence of their disobedience or it was a consequence of their actions. And because of that, the Lord caused for the Babylonians to capture them. And after that, they went to exile for 70 years. 70 years. And then, of course, in Jeremiah 29, 10 to 14, okay, it talks about the letter of Jeremiah to the exiles. It's a, it's a letter of encouragement and a reminder of the promise of God to His people. And part of this is one of the most quotable verse that you and I know. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You could just see the heart of God. Yes, He was angered. His anger was aroused by the disobedience of His people. So the consequences of their actions was He let His people experience exile. God of justice. But at the same time, you would also See here, He is also a God of grace. He is also the God of compassion that I know. I know you're going to suffer. You're going to experience exile. But here is my promise to you that I know what I am doing. I have a plan for you. And my plan for you will not actually harm you. It will actually give you a hope and a future. You will be in exile for exactly 70 Years. And true enough, on the 69th year of their exile, King Cyrus of Persia was able to defeat the Babylonians at the 69th year. Remember, God's promise to them is 70 years of exile. On the 69th year, King Cyrus already defeated the Babylonians, but after a year, exactly at the 70th year of exile, King Cyrus allowed the people to return. And if you would read Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, it says, verse 2, this is what Cyrus, king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at where? At Jerusalem. In what? In Judah. Any and any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and what? And build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. There is already a specific instruction from God that they need to rebuild the temple. And now if you would just read Haggai chapter 1. Verse 7, nine, 7 to 9, it means a call to build the house of the Lord. But in Haggai, after they return from exile, hindi po nila kaagad ginawa yung instruction ni Lord. Maybe because when they saw, when they returned from their land, they what they saw is ruins. They don't know where to start. But eventually, God reminded them again that you need to build my house. And so they did. They laid down the foundation, but it is not yet finished. 
And a while ago, we read Zechariah chapter 1. It, calls, it means a call to return to the Lord. Because again, even after the Lord has been faithful to His promise to His people, yes, you're going to experience the exile and I will bring you back. I will restore you. I will rebuild you. But you haven't finished what I commanded you. It means to rebuild the temple. And so now, we go to Zechariah chapter 8, the God of rebuilding. Nearly 20 years after their return from Babylon, imagine that nearly 20 years has already been passed when they returned. Of course, discouragement replaced the enthusiasm of God's people. The foundation of the temple has already been built but not yet finished. There are a lot of opposition that prevented any progress on the rebuilding of the temple. There are internal and external opposition. So we will be going through chapter 8 which has 23 verses, and draw lessons about God of rebuilding. So Zechariah chapter 8, verse 1 to 3 says, The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for Zion, and I am hurting with jealousy for her. And this is what the Lord says, I will. What? I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. The Jerusalem, then Jerusalem will be called what? The faithful city. And the mountains of the Lord will be called the holy mountain. And Zion during that time is also known as Jerusalem or the land of Israel. And the people from Judah is very important on what the Lord is about to do. During that time, because Judah, the tribe of Judah, who settled in the region of south of Jerusalem and in time became one of the most powerful and most important tribe. Not only did it produce the great kings like David and Solomon, but also it was prophesied that the Messiah would come from among its members. That's, very, that's the reason why God is so eager when he commanded his people that you need to rebuild my house, you need to rebuild my temple because I have a purpose for that. And the reason why God wanted the temple to be rebuilt is, number one, the temple is a place where the people come and offer their sacrifices and worship God. It means God dwells in the temple. His presence is felt in the temple. And so the temple also serves as a symbol. It's a physical picture of the covenant relationship between God and His people. This people needs to be reminded again of who God is and His promises to His people at the same time, the covenant that this people and God has during those times. At the same time, talking about rebuilding, not just the temple, but even Jerusalem and Zion and Judah, the temple also served as one of the important and, quote-unquote, must-have buildings in any city or civilization during those times, especially those cities that are in rebuilding. It means it's a sign of progress 
right? Parang, parang merong SM or merong Toyota or Honda or whatsoever. The temple is also a sign of progression on a city or a town that is currently in rebuilding. That's the very reason that the Lord was very jealous of Zion because again, these people, their hearts is so away from God. They continue to disobey God. They continue to live in their wicked ways and they continue not to finish the temple that is needed to be rebuilt. That's the reason why God is so jealous because He has a purpose of from that or for that and He sees the significance of that. So my first lesson from this verse is this. God is a God of rebuilding because He knows the significance of what was actually broken and the need to rebuild. God has a reason and purpose for all His creation. You and I know that we are created for a purpose. We're not accidents here. As a matter of fact, if you just look into your body, why did God put our eyes here in front of our head and not in our backs? Because it has a purpose, Right? So when he saw that his temple is not yet rebuilt, when he saw Zion or the land of Judah still lying in ruins, when he saw his people that is still far away from him, he was jealous, right? Because he knows their significance. So my question to you, my dear brothers and sisters, my Lighthouse family, all of our young people that is tuning with us today, is there something in your life that the Lord wants you to rebuild? What aspect of your life is actually in need of rebuilding? And just maybe, just maybe, you may not see the significance of what was broken in your life right now, right at this moment. But we can trust God because He knows the importance of it and He wants rebuilding for us. He is also after restoration for every. One of us. Again, God is a God of rebuilding because He knows the significance of what was broken and the need to rebuild. Now, Zechariah 8, verses 4 to 8 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, the key word here is once again. I want you to remember that. Once again, men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem and each of them will with cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with what? With boys and girls playing there. And this is what the Lord Almighty says, verse 6. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of these people at the time when this actually happens, after the rebuilding is over or is done. But will it seem to be marvelous to me? Declares the Lord Almighty. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people from countries of the east and the west. And I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. And they will be my people. And I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. Again, the key word here that we're looking at is once again, it means that God will restore. It means that God will rebuild again Jerusalem or Judah to its former glory. And verse 6 is talking about the people from exile, when they actually returned and when they saw ruins of what, or of 
how glorious their land used to be, right? And other neighboring nations who witnessed the desolation of Jerusalem or Judah seems to think that being restored or rebuilt seems marvelous or somehow impossible. But God is saying, nothing is impossible to me. The lesson that we can draw here is this. God is a God of rebuilding because there is actually nothing that God cannot rebuild. So if God, if God, uh, if there's nothing that God cannot rebuild, then we can honestly say this with all of our hearts that there is not, there is no such thing as too broken for God. Again, there is no such thing as too broken for God. When the Lord saw that his temple is not yet finished, he did not saw, you know, the materials or the manpower or the skills that was lacking to finish it. What he saw is the brokenness in the hearts of his people that is also needed to be rebuilt. The reason why the temple was not yet finished is because the people's heart is away from the Lord. God's chosen people during that time find it so hard to obey the Lord because, again, of the pain and suffering that they have experienced from exile and returning for a brief moment, they were excited because they were able to return to the land that the Lord promised them. But upon returning, again, they saw ruin. Again, they were reminded of the consequences of this disobedience of their ancestors, right? And so because of that, they become disobedient to the Lord. They more focus on the pain and suffering that they are experiencing during that time instead of focusing on the Lord and what He wants them to do during that time. But then again, of course, that is not an excuse for His people to disobey God. Because both in their highest of high and in lowest of low, God was there with them. Both in their season of dry and season of lack, God was faithful to them. So our obedience to God should not be dependent on our situation. Our obedience to God is dependent on who He is. Now going back, there is no such thing as too broken for God. So do not ever think, my Lighthouse family, if you are here today and you feel so broken, if your heart is broken in so many pieces, maybe you lost someone that you love, maybe you lost your job, maybe a property or a business of yours has closed down or was taken away from you that made you broken. Do not ever think that you are a hopeless case and what you are going through can never be fixed by God. Actually, in this moment, God is with us and we can actually experience it. God is the God of order and He can restore you and the things that you have lost. The very nature of God is that when He actually starts or rebuilds something, He will finish it according to His purpose. Joshua 21 verse 45 says, Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was 
fulfilled. It means that every promise that the Lord made to His people, none of them did ever happen. It actually happened. So when God said to you that He will rebuild you, that He will restore you, you have to claim it by heart because it will actually happen. Okay, and then Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in us will finish it into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When God is actually doing something in your life already, when He started this work in you, when He started a purpose, when He has given you a purpose, you have to believe that it will actually happen. When God starts something, he will finish it. So therefore, if God finishes what He started, then we, His people, right, should never settle for partial completion. Now going back to the story or to the book of Zechariah, God's people just started to do or create the foundation of the temple, but they did not finish it. They settled for partial completion. So we should never ever settle on partial completion or partial healing or rebuilding in our life because God is for full restoration. We should never settle on halfway done on the work He commanded us to do. And that's the very reason when we actually serve in the ministry, when we go to work, we should be excellent because that is what God wants us to do. We want to be excellent in everything that we do so that in everything that we do, He may be glorified. So starting strong is equally important in finishing strong because there are some people, they're actually good in starting but very bad in finishing and vice versa. So when God tells you to do something, always remember that you need to start strong because it is equally important in finishing strong. So again, do not settle for partial completion. Go for full restoration because there is no such thing as too broken for God. Yes, there is no such thing as too broken for God and He is for full restoration, so we should not settle for something that is less. Because I want you to listen to this, because partial completion is not completion at all. Now, talking about full restoration, right? When God saw, you know, the temple is not yet finished, He saw the brokenness of His people. Of course, He wants them to be made whole. Amen? And you also want to experience that in your Life. So talking about that, God can rebuild what was broken in your life, but you need to surrender all the broken pieces. And that's the reason why God addressed the hearts of His people in order for them to finish the work that they have started. Again, going back to Zechariah chapter 1, Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will Return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Their hearts reveals the many broken pieces of their past experience and disobedience that caused the delay in finishing what needs to be rebuilt. And that's the reason why they need, that is the reason why the Lord needed to 
talk to them, that to return to them, and as they return to them, they're saying, yes, you're broken. You could still return to me. Yes, you're feeling inadequate. You're feeling you're lacking. You're feeling you're not that important because of the exile or because of the consequences of your actions. Yes, you failed miserably. Yes, you mess up. Again, the Lord is saying, return to me, my son, my daughter, and I will return to you. And as I return to you, watch me. Because I can rebuild you again. I can restore you again. But you need to surrender to me all the broken pieces. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 9 to 13 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Now hear these words. Let your hands be strong so that the temple may be built. This is also what the prophets said who were present when the foundation was laid for the house of the Lord Almighty. And before that time, there were no wages for people or hire for animals. No one could go about their business safely because of their enemies since I had turned everyone against their neighbor. But now, this Lord is saying, but now it's different. But now, I will not deal with the remnant of his this people as I did in the past, referring to their ancestors, declares the Lord Almighty. Verse 12, and listen to this. The seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops, and the heavens will drop their dew. I will give all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of this people, just as you, Judah, and Israel have been a curse among the nations. Wow. Imagine that because of their disobedience, they, they did not just been, you know, they did not just suffer from the consequences of their actions, but they have also been a curse to other nations. So I will save you and you will be a blessing. Again, do not be afraid, but let your hands be strong. So talking about this verse, when the Lord said that let your hand be strong, he was, just, he was not just referring to physical strength, but also to be strong in their faith to Him because they are facing a lot of oppositions in finishing the temple. Again, internal and external factors. The internal factors, the self-doubt, the self-pity, or, you know, the, what do you call this, um, the suffering that they have experienced or the trauma that they have experienced and the external factors that they were subject to mockery of the other nations because they were once a great, a glorious nation, but they were turned into ruin. So the Lord wants us to participate on what He wants to rebuild. There's no question that God can actually do the rebuilding. Right, He can do that in His own. But He is giving us this opportunity to be involved as well because God is also after our character. Try to imagine this. Let's say you're just sitting and you, you pray to the Lord and the Lord, please rebuild this. Then instantly, poof, that very thing that was broken in your life, it was rebuilt, right? But it's different when you are actually involved in the rebuilding process. There is this character development that is happening in you. So the Lord wants us to participate on what He wants to rebuild because He wants our hands to what? To get dirty and be involved in what 
He is doing. Okay? But at the same time, the Lord doesn't just want our hands that serves, but He also wants our hearts. That is all for Him. In Jeremiah, after Jeremiah 29.11, verse 12 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So the lesson that we can draw from this is this. God is a God of rebuilding because His promise of rebuilding requires our submission. The rebuilding of the physical structure of what was lost by the people of God is just second to the rebuilding of the broken pieces of their hearts. Heart over hands. You would see in your skin. What I'm trying to say is that our hands will always follow what our hearts is yearning for. The issue of not finishing the temple of God was never the lack of material or skills, but it was a matter of the heart. They may have all the best materials, best manpower, best sets of skills in the world, in the world but if their heart is away from God, then they will not accomplish anything. The heart of God's people was initially far away from Him after they returned from exile. So the Lord reminded them again through the prophet Zechariah to return to Him. And of course, after, after they repented from their evil ways, they learned how to submit and obey God again. And they start to do the rebuilding. Now, talking about submission, submission is always a matter of the heart. And maybe right now, you are wondering and you're asking, Pastor Josh, Pastor June, Pastor Jojo, Pastor Jonathan, Pastor Sam, are you even sure that God wants me to be involved? That, are, you, are you even sure that, that God wants to use my hands to be involved in the rebuilding? Because this set of hands that I have, it has caused so many distractions, not just in my life, but in other people's lives as well. Jeremiah 25, 7 says, But you did not listen to me, declares the Lord, and you have aroused my anger with what? With what your hands have made, and you have brought harm to yourselves. But in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 9 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Now hear these words. Let your hands be strong so that the temple may be Built. If you're here today and you're doubting that the Lord wants you to be involved in what He wants to accomplish and what He wants to rebuild in you or for God's people, remember this, that in the time of Jeremiah, God's people used their hands in disobedience. They created their own idols. They inflict pain and suffering to other people. At the same time, they used their hands in deliberately sinning against God. But the same set of hands in Zechariah that made God aroused in anger and caused their destruction is the same hands that God can use to rebuild. So again, God can use the same hands that caused the destruction to set up something new for His glory. Only God can do that. So don't ever doubt yourself when you look at your hands right now, when you surrender it to the Lord, when you submit yourself to the Lord, when you turn away from your evil ways and you repented from your sins and you surrender, Lord, yes, 
I want to be restored. I want to be rebuilt. And you want me to be involved. Here's my hands. You offer everything that you have because God can use that in something new for His glory. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 18 to 23 says, The word of the Lord Almighty came to me. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. The fast of the fourth, ninth, seventh, and tenth months will become joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals for Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many people and the inhabitants of many cities will yet to come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, Let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat Him. Verse 20 says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, ten people from languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and says, Let us go with you because we have been heard that God is with you. And talking about, again, verse 19, the fast of the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months will become joyful. When they experience exile, God's people fasted on the fourth month because it was actually when the walls of Judah or Jerusalem was breached. And then on the fifth month, they fasted to commemorate, means to remember when their actual city fell. And then on the tenth month, when the siege of the city first began, they were doing that. They were remembering those months. They were fasting on those months to remember something that is painful, something that is so broken. But the Lord is saying that as you also remember those months and after we have finished the rebuilding, I have, after I have restored you, there will be joyful and glad occasions and happy festivals. So that instead of remembering of the ruins in the past, they can now enjoy what was rebuilt moving forward. The city of Judah that was once destroyed and turned into ruins, now will be a city that has been rebuilt and will be called the faithful city. So the point here is this. God is a God of rebuilding because He values celebrating what has been rebuilt. After all the efforts and labor that the people of Judah showed in rebuilding the temple, after they have turned their ways, after they you know, get their hands involved after they submit their hearts to the Lord. And of course, the, they were able to rebuild the temple, eventually the whole city. Their labor was not put in vain and was recognized by the Lord. So if you are already midway in rebuilding something in your life, now is not the time to give up because God, when He starts something in us, He will actually accomplish it. He will finish it, but He wants us to be involved. So don't ever give up because maybe you're giving up because you are reminded of your past. You are reminded of how broken you are or how ruined your life used to be. But you are already in midway in rebuilding and getting back up. So don't give up. Finish what you started and witness God's promise of rebuilding 
in your life. From the ruins comes life. A city that was once destroyed, but now the temple and the city itself has been rebuilt. A city that was once subject of ridicule, mockery, and shame, but now the dwelling place of God. It's called the faithful city. A city that was once a place of pain and suffering and is now a city that is full of life. From the ruins comes life. Lessons from the book of Zechariah, the God of rebuilding. Now let's just do a recap of what we what lessons we draw from the book of Zechariah again. Number one, God is the God of rebuilding because He knows the significance of what was broken and the need to rebuild. So if God is trying to rebuild something in you, do not hold back, do not hesitate because He knows the purpose, He sees the significance. Even if we don't, God is actually doing something in you. He wants to accomplish something in your life. Next, God is a God of rebuilding because there is nothing that God cannot be rebuilt. There is no such thing that is too broken for God. And next is the God is a God of rebuilding because His promise of rebuilding requires our submission. And in terms of submission, submission is always a matter of heart. You want to be involved in the rebuilding process. You want to get your hands dirty, your heart should be submissive. Your heart should be submitted to God. And lastly, the God of God, the God is God of rebuilding because He values celebrating what has been rebuilt. Again, the desire and effort shown in rebuilding significantly reveal its value. The value of what was rebuilt is a product of the heart behind it and the hands that acted upon it. So I've asked our Levites team to lead us into worship entitled Glorious Ruins. But at this moment, as we have been talking about God as a God of rebuilding and how broken His people during this time and what they need to accomplish, the broken temple that is needed to be rebuilt. Maybe somehow you also feel the same way. Maybe the Lord is speaking to you right now and there is this brokenness that you are experiencing and you want that rebuilding to happen in your life. You also want to experience the God of rebuilding. So before we transition into worship, I just want to ask this question to you as a way for you to respond into our altar call. My question for you is this, what aspect of your life needs rebuilding? Is it a broken relationship? Is it your relationship with your mother? Is it with your father? Is it a relationship with your son or your daughter or your children that is needed to be rebuilt? Is it a promise that you never kept or a promise was never kept to you? It was never fulfilled and it made you broken. It turned your heart broken into many pieces. Or maybe during this pandemic, is it the pain of actually losing someone you love that made you distant from the Lord? You become so cold. Your heart becomes so numb. Again, your heart was turned into many 
many pieces? Or is it a burden to serve Him again in the ministry in whatever capacity that you can? Again, the question is, what aspect of your life needs rebuilding? And my second question is this, are you willing to surrender all the broken pieces in your life to God today? Are you willing to give Him all the broken pieces? Are you willing to surrender what needs to be surrendered so God can start the rebuild in us? Or to make it more personal, do you give God enough room to move and minister in your life? God is a God of rebuilding because He alone has the power to let the ruins come to life. Let us worship.
let the ruins come to life. What we once considered as dead, what we once considered as you know, lying in ruins in our life is now made into life from the ruins come to life. If you responded into the altar call and you believe that the Lord is now talking to you and He started that work in your life. I want to read this verse to you. It's called the promise of God to the people that went into exile. Jeremiah 29 verse 10 to 14 says this is what the Lord says when 70 years are completed for Babylon I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future and verse 12 says then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Verse 30 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Let the promise of God in Jeremiah just speak to you today as you just surrender your life at the same time as you uh, ask God to do the rebuilding in you. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word that was spoken into every one of us. Lord, we admit that we are also broken people just like your people in the time of Zechariah. Lord, we have deliberately disobeyed you. We have sinned against you. The hands that we have right now is also the hands that cause pain and suffering, not just to ourselves, but to other people as well. But Lord, we now understand that you are the God of rebuilding. Lord God, that this, this set of hands that we have that cause pain, that cause, you know, the brokenness that we experience can also be the same set of hands that you can use in the rebuilding. So God, today, we use our hands and we raise it up to you, Lord. Lord, we surrender every broken pieces of our hearts to you. And Lord, we give you enough room, more than enough room to just move in our life. Lord, we want to be rebuilt. Because God, you said in your word that nothing is too broken for you or from you. So Lord, we are not a hopeless case. Where Whatever situation that we are in right now, Lord, there is actually a way out. We can be rebuilt. So Lord, continue just to talk to us and minister to us. And Lord, thank you. Thank you that you see our significance, that you see purpose in us. And at the same time, Lord, as we now go through the process of rebuilding, we look forward to the time that we are finally restored after the full, Lord, because we will not ever settle for partial restoration or partial completion of the things that you want us to do. And then when we actually finish it, Lord, in full, Lord, it's something that is worth celebrating, Lord God, that we can look back at the past as a lesson, whatever, you know, how how sad or how 
painful our experiences in the past, Lord, now we can move forward knowing that you are with us and you are able to just restore us. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for every person that has been tuning in with us. Continue to speak to us. In Jesus' name. Now, we'll just, just raise your hands for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn His face toward you and grant you His peace. As He turns the ruins to life in you because He alone can do that and He is the God of rebuilding. And everyone could just say, Amen and Amen and Amen. Next Sunday, November 7, our senior pastor, Pastor Jojo Baldo, will be preaching the God of worship. Invite their friends. Invite their family. See you. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Bye.